0: Wow, what a, what a great. Uh, we've got special groups coming Monday and Tuesday, but I told Brother Aaron earlier on this year, I don't want nobody coming in Sunday. I want him and this choir and orchestra and all this. I want them leading us. man, what a great. He knows I, he thinks I'm blowing smoke, but I want to tell you you'll assure me that there's no one gets on this stage any better than those folks that are right here. And I praise the Lord for him. If you're listening by live stream, let me encourage you. Every one of these services will be live streamed. Uh, I don't want to discourage you from coming. I want you to come because even though live stream is good, it's nothing like being here and sensing the presence of God in this place. And it's going to be great. I get to preach for the first time tonight since uh, my surgery. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, I, I don't want Brother Jim to get offended, but my favorite evangelist is preaching after me uh, tonight, Brother Herman Kramer. My second favorite is preaching this morning. So it's going to be a great, great time. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get out of that one. <laughs> I, I don't know. Let me just tell you this. He's the $10 package. Amen. <laughs> just, uh, he's the $10 package. Uh Tonight, it's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. But this morning, just to continue the flow of this service, uh, Dr. Jim Moss is our special guest this morning. Brother Case preached the first service of our uh, 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 Bible conference this morning. Did a tremendous job. I just had to tell you, uh, I was so blessed. Uh, and I know you will be too. Brother Jim Moss uh, and his wife Rita is usually here with us, but she's not able to be with us today. I don't know. Uh, this year, 2020, everybody talks about how bad it is, and it has been bad. COVID has done a number on a lot of us and our churches and all. Uh, he's had a house almost burned down. He's had knee surgery. Uh, he's got a son-in-law that's terminal that's living with him and his family. And uh, he, he don't just go home and sit in the recliner. He stays going on all the time, too. This is his 20th year. In evangelism, brother Jim, come make yourself at home. We're thrilled to have you today.
1: Thank you so much, brother Hunt. I took offense out in the foyer earlier before the service, but I wish now I hadn't took offense. Some of your men, brother Hunt, said they're looking especially forward to the night. And uh, they said we're having a dynamic geriatric duo tonight. But anyhow, <laughs> amen. But anyhow, what a, what a joy and honor it is. Brother Aaron and the soloists, the praise team, the instrumentalists, and the mighty, magnificent choir that backed you, what an awesome worship experience and it always is when I'm privileged to be here at Woodland Hills Baptist Church. Brother Case, your lovely bride, I hear that you did a great job in the early service this morning and set the tone for us. It's good to have my preacher brethren in the service, Brother Paul Gothard. He had a fill-in for him in Cleveland, Texas, Southland Baptist Church, and said he wanted to come up beginning early this morning and support the Bible conference, Focus 20. 21. Good to see my evangelist, dear friend, Brother Herman Kramer. Looking forward, all joking aside, of these two men I was going to say, and you think I'm blowing smoke, but I'm not, of all the great preachers this week. I received a text earlier on in the week when I was announcing uh, the conference, and it was a pastor from South Arkansas who's very well acquainted with all the preachers on the uh, schedule for the conference this week, and he said in bold, what a lineup! Wish I could be there. And I was thinking uh, of all the great preachers that are scheduled, uh, Dr. Hunt and Dr. Revis and uh, Brother Malcolm, uh, just great men of God and, and uh, of all the nights, I'm looking forward, to being here tonight and hearing Brother Hunt preach and Brother Kramer. And aren't you glad and grateful he looks and is doing so well as he is today? He told me on the phone here a few weeks ago, he said, I'm preaching Sunday night. I hope nobody gets offended, he said. He said, some of my people thought they heard me preach for the last time back a month ago. But uh, he said, I'm going to prove them wrong. God's not finished with me yet. But I want to say, even more so than he, I want to recognize Miss Becky for the immeasurable sacrifice that she gives to enable your pastor to do what God has called him to do. We love you, Miss Becky, and we thank you. With the lineup that you have this week, I'm reminded of the young boy back in the day that would go into the old country store and make a beeline straight to the barrel of molasses. And he would reach down over and get him a scoop of molasses. Of course, They chastised him, and to no avail, he came the last time, and he made that beeline again to the barrel, and he noticed the molasses level was at the bottom of the barrel, and yes, he did. He hiked up there, and he leaned over, and he fell in the barrel of molasses, but he was heard praying on the way down, Lord, give me a tongue equal to this opportunity, That's my prayer this week. The Lord will give me a tongue equal to this opportunity. In your Bible, 2 Kings chapter number 19. I just feel like preaching this morning. Are you all ready to bring him honor and glory? Thank you, Brother uh, Aaron, for setting the tone of our worship. And and, uh, I get excited when I come to the house of the Lord. And God allows me one more time on my way to heaven to stop by here at Woodland Hills Baptist one of the highlights of my year is to begin the year with you and uh, looking forward to what God has in store this morning. Second Kings chapter number 19, now let's begin reading in verse number 14, Second Kings chapter 19 verse number 14, and Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord. May I say that again? He went up into the house of the Lord. Anytime you go in the direction of the Lord, it's going to be up. Amen? He went into the house of the Lord and spread this letter, spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims. I want you to underscore that and say that with me. Which dwelleth between the cherubims. That's going to be big here shortly. Thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their, notice this, little g, has cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them." Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, notice that, I beseech thee, save thou us, out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. For the sake of time, will you skip down with me to verse number 35. Verse number 35, And it came to pass that night, And it came to pass that night. It may have been night for Israel, but God was still on his throne. It may have been night, but God was still at work. He had not lost his power. Somebody in the house today can testify in your night God was still at work that night. Aren't you glad? Not only is he the God of the day, but he's the God of the night. Not only the God of the mountain, but he's the God in the valley. I I tell you what, that's not even my text, but I feel like preaching a while right there. Amen? That night, I don't know what God did other nights, but according to the scripture, I know what God did that night. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand, a hundred and eighty-five thousand. My, my. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. I'm interested this morning in Hezekiah's prayer. Specifically, where Hezekiah said there, if you will, in his prayer, he said, O Lord God of Israel. And then he goes on to say, Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. In verse number 19, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, and that word means I beg thee, save Thou, us. For the next little while, I would like to begin this focus conference and the first Sunday of this new beginning, new year, on this subject, save, thou, us. This prayer of Hezekiah was a prayer of declaration. He recognized that God was the God, the only God the creator of all heaven and earth. He had a prayer not only of declaration, but a prayer of desperation. He said, save thyself, save thyself, save us from the enemy. Save thou us. Those trio of words have been cried out, no doubt, by millions across our land this past year. Save thou us. Some have cried save thou us from personal chaos, from political corruption, from prejudice conflict, from pandemic COVID, from persecutions to the church. Save thou us. But we see in our text that a young man who ascended to the throne at an early age King of Israel was a man that did that which was right in the sight of God. Now he didn't have a Christian heritage. As a matter of fact, his father was a heathen, was a scoundrel, was a wicked man. But Hezekiah chose to rise above his raising and start serving God and doing that which was right in the sight of God. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord. You may be here this morning. You may not have a Christian heritage, but you can determine and resolve in your heart right here today that you can go home and begin a Christian legacy and begin a heresy for your family and for your offspring. Here was a man who did that which was right in the sight of God. And when a young man got a hold of God... God got a hold of him. He prayed and God moved that night. How many agree with me that America needs revival? And the only way America will have revival is for our God to bring it. God must bring revival. We've seen what politics can do. Amen. Somebody asked me what kind of politics do we have. We've got the best that money can buy. We've seen what politics can do. We've seen what lobbyists can do. We've seen what government can do. We've seen what money cannot do. But somebody in the house, do you have a hunger here in 2021 to see what God can do? I'm ready to see what God can do right here in America. One of my favorite Bible characters is Hezekiah that we're about to uh, preach from. He was a man who brought restoration, renewal, and revival the first three years of his reign over Israel. Now, I appreciate you staying with me this morning. You know, any preacher has to get the in- introduction out of the way, and, and you hold on. You know me well enough. I'm going to get to preaching before this morning's over with. Amen. But Hezekiah brought restoration, renewal, and revival to the nation of Israel. God used him mightily. He was a young king that spoke truth to authority. But how many of you understand this morning that when you speak truth to authority, authority is going to retaliate? And the devil came after Hezekiah and tried to do everything this man of God had done for the good of God, tried to eradicate all that Hezekiah had done. So as we look into this, we are thankful today that we serve a God who is alive a God who is able, and a God who is awesome. But can I just remind you and declare today, not only is he alive and able and awesome, but he is available and accessible as we will discover in Hezekiah's prayer. So three things very quickly as we move into the message about this prayer of Hezekiah. Save thou Us. Notice first of all the threat from the enemy. The threat from the enemy. Hezekiah receives a letter, and it's from the king Sennacherib, and he is the enemy. And in this letter, the king says, I'm coming after you, Hezekiah. I'm going to destroy everything that you love, everything that you stand for. I'm going to take your family. I'm going to take your faith. I'm going to take your fortune. I'm going to take your future. I'm going to determine your fate. I'm coming after you. And to mean business and to show that he was not bluffing, By the way, I'm glad that he signed his name to the letter. Uh, If you're going to be man enough to write a letter, be man enough to put your name at it. Mm. I think I'll camp out there just for a moment. And for nearly 50 years of ministry, I've received a few letters from my critics where they wrote the letter and they forgot to sign the name. But praise God, I had a pastor, he was on his feet, and he went to the pulpit, and he looked, and there was a sheet of paper there It had the big four-letter word fool on it, exclamation mark. And he looked out across his congregation, he said, of all my years, I've received letters where they would write the letter and forget to sign their name. He said, but this is the first time they signed their name but forgot to write the letter. <laughs> Amen. And to show the king of Assyria was not bluffing. He said, Hezekiah, I want you to look around. And I've already destroyed the other nations. I've already wiped their kings out and their people. I've pillaged their places. I have burned their gods. And I'm coming after you. Threat from the enemy. I could picture Hezekiah sitting on that throne. And they hand him that letter. And he reads that letter and somebody walks up to him, a messenger, and they notice that his face has turned ashy white and the sweat is pouring down his brow. And uh, they they notice that he's grimacing in his face. And that messenger says, well, what are you going to do now, king? He's too big for us. We don't have the military. We don't have the resources. We don't have the money. How are we going to defend our nation? What are you going to do? And the Bible says the first thing that Hezekiah does is that he goes up into the house of the Lord. He goes up to the house of the Lord. How many agree with me this morning that in 2021 we don't need less church we don't need less god less bible less prayer less spirit we need more god more church more bible more prayer more spirit he went up to the house of the lord and he spread that letter on the altar before god you know i did Average 50, 52 revivals a year until this year, COVID. I go to a lot of places, and I notice in five services a week, some of the same folks would come to the altar every service and pray. And I like that. I appreciate that. And I had one old fella come up to me and said, why did all those folks go to the altar every service? What ungodly sins have they committed to go down to the altar every service? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, in all my years of pastoring before I went into evangelism, it didn't bother me about people coming to the altar every week, the same ones. What troubled me was those who never came to the altar the last time since Moby Dick was a minna. You see, them that come to the office every service, they're not involved in church splits. They're not involved in criticizing their pastor. They're not downing the staff. But those that never come to the altar, those are the ones that trouble me. I'd stay on my toes. Well, why do they come to the altar all the time? Let me tell you why. Anybody ever ate a Krispy Kreme donut? My, my. Manna from heaven. And when that red sign flashing, hot now, hot now, that says the perfect will of God. Woo! A masterpiece. Take the first bite, and you got a half moon. Take the second bite, and you got a total eclipse. (laughs) How many of you ever ate one? How I many of you only have eaten one? If you raise your hand, you lying. You can't just eat one, amen. Woo! You say, well, what does that have to do with going to the altar? Let me tell you something those that have gone to the altar time and time and time again, they have discovered when they come to the altar of God, they find a Lord Jesus Christ here and a God of heaven here who hears their prayer and they can pour their burden and lay it down and leave it there and God delivers them and God hears them and God answers them and God delivers them. That's why we go to the altar. That's why Hezekiah took that threatening letter and he laid it down at the altar. I've got to hurry up. I'm getting to point number two, and I'm busting at the seams to get to this point. Couldn't wait to get here. We see the threat from the enemy. But I want you to notice with me number two, the travail with the eternal. He went in to the house of the Lord. And he went before the altar of God and he spread that threatening letter out. By the way, get the picture with me. Where did he go? Let me put it in our language. He went to church. But notice the church was the temple. And he could go into the holy place as the king. But he could not go into the holy of holies. So as the king, he came before the altar, before the veil. And he spread that letter before the veil. And he's praying to and through the veil. For he knew on the other side of the veil was the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the manifested presence of God. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant was a golden lid that represented the mercy of God. And on that golden lid was the shimmering blood that had been applied from the innocent sacrifice. And there above the blood and the lid of the Ark of the Covenant were the two cherubims, and between the two angelical and profile figures was the descending Shekinah glory of God. Woo! Now get the picture right here. He goes before the curtain, before the veil, and he lays it out. And I like how he prays. He says, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, save thou us. I beg you, save your people. Save me. Save my family. Save my nation. Oh, Lord. He's praying to God through the veil. He can't go on the other side, but he knows who's on the other side and so he's praying for the very presence of God he's praying for the mercy of God he's praying for the blood to be applied he's praying for the glory to come down he says God I've got a problem bigger than I I've got an enemy that I can't fight I've got a mountain that I can't climb but God I know you can and I come before you I come before your presence thanking you Lord that you're ever present with us and I come before your mercy God I'm going to hang my hope upon your mercy and I come before your blood may it be applied and I come before your glory because you're the God of glory you're all wrapped up in glory you epitomize glory and I need your glory upon me he travailed. anybody got a problem too big than you can solve Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Do you see him praying? But hey, it gets better than this. You say, how does it get better than this? He's praying to God through the veil. He's walked up to the veil. He's praying to God on the other side of the veil. How does it get better than this? Let me tell you, glad you asked. You see, him being a king, he has authority but he doesn't have access. Whoop, that's right. He can't go into the Holy of Holies because he's not a priest. He doesn't have access, only authority, but it gets better. We've got one up on Hezekiah. You've got a head start today. Why? Because Hezekiah walked up to and paid through. Our Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse number 5 Unto him who loved us and washed us with his blood, forgive us of our sins, and hath made us kings and priests. We're priests. We've got it better than Hezekiah. You see, he could only walk up to and pray through. But when Jesus was crucified and that veil was rent from top to bottom, we now have access. We can go in and pray. We can go in and the throne with boldness and obtain mercy and find grace in the time of our need. My my. Whoo. Do you see him in there? He's praying through the veil. But you and I, we are inside the veil. You see, Hezekiah, he is praying through to a God on the other side. He is on the outside looking in. But anybody, I know most of you have been raised Baptist all your life. But has there ever been an inkling in your mind and heart that you would love to just every now and then be able to say, Whoop, glory. Well, this is your time to say it. Whoop, glory. Because Hezekiah is on the outside looking in and we're on the inside looking up because we're priests. We have the boldness to come before God. The curtain has been rent. I like this. Ooh, just about the time I thought it couldn't get any better, it gets better. That's right. You say, Brother Jim, how does it get better? Well, King, he walks up too, and he plays through. You and I who are saved, we walk in, and we pray up. But when I was studying Brother Herman the Temple. And discovered how that God would come down in His Shekinah glory in such a beautiful building as the temple. I got to thinking, and the Spirit of God carried me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it gets better than this. Thank the Lord that God. It's there, and we can pray to Him, and we can plead the blood that propitiates for us. We can cry out for His mercy. We can be in His presence, and we can be all wrapped up in His glory. But I read in First Corinthians chapter six that my body is the temple whoo, of God. It gets better. You say, "What do you mean?" We pray to Him up there. How how good is that? How better could it be if we pray before God and come before His throne with grace and boldness and we know that He hears and answers prayer? The only way that it can be better is not just that we go up there with Him, but that He has come down and lives in here. For in here I have His presence, I have His mercy, I have His blood applied, I have His glory. Hallelujah! This morning that we have a God. No matter how high the mountain, how wide the ocean, how hot the desert, we can lay it at his feet and he can solve any trouble that we have. Some of you this morning are searching. Some of you decided to come to church on the first Sunday of this year. I'm so glad you did. You say, well, I just had a thought. Uh, In all reality, the Lord brought you here because the Lord loves you. And people invited you because they love you. And you come at a right time because you're among some people who love Him and love their pastor and staff and love one another. And just like Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, and said, God, I can't, but you can. Whatever's heavy on your heart, it's time some of you find a church. If you've been coming to this church and you feel the Spirit of God here and you want to be identified with a church that's all about ministry, you ought to walk the aisle here in a moment. Take a staff person by the hand. This church would receive you with open arms. If you're here today and you're not for sure that you know Jesus, the first prayer you ought to pray is, Lord, save thou me. Save thou me. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. You don't have to say a word. Let these men and women instruct you and lead you. They'll ask all the questions. Then you just simply give your heart to Christ. Let Him be Savior and make Him Lord of your life. Isn't that good? Don't you want to do that today? Some of you are facing some struggles. It's time that we go to the altar and lay it there. Leave it there before God. I don't want people to talk about me. Hey, others have come here and found the answer. Why don't you come and receive the answer as well? But last of all, not only do we see him travailing with the eternal after receiving the threat from the enemy, but see the triumph that he experienced. You know what I like about Hezekiah? When he laid this letter down at the altar and prayed about this letter, number one, he went to church. Number two, he prayed. Number three, what did he do? He went back home got in bed, and went to sleep. That's right. And the Bible says, and that night. While Hezekiah was, can I just confess? You look at me, I do two things when I'm nervous, when I'm having a bad day, when the enemy's after me. Two things, I eat my way out of it, And I s- sleep like a baby. I cry all night. Anybody testify? To at least one of the two? We had a dear mutual friend, Brother Hunt, Dr. Jimmy Thorpe, Baptist Tabernacle, Freeport, my great mentor. pastor there over 50 years Till the Lord called him home. He had a big stomach, big guy. He had reserved the whole wing of Western Sicily after a Bible conference, just to give you an idea, after a Bible conference, the whole wing of a steakhouse, and say, all the young preachers come over, it's on me. And he'd tell us stories. And it, this takes an art, because I tried it. He could balance a cup of coffee on his stomach and tell jokes and never spill uh, <laughs> Amen? One time I asked him, I said, Dr. Thorpe, you're going through a lot of hell right here going on. People were against him. The community was against him because he was reaching so many for Christ. He was on the premier church there in Shreveport for many years. I said, does it keep you up all night? He says, no, I go home and I sleep all night. I said, how in the world do you sleep when you're going through such trouble and turmoil? He says, well, the Bible says that our God never sleeps nor slumbers. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He said, there's no reason both of us staying up all night. (laughs) Marked by your Bible, divine intervention, because that night, God stepped out of heaven and rolled up his sleeves and defeated 185 soldiers I am convinced that if a God, the God of heaven could hear the prayer of one young man and save a nation there's somebody in this room that God will hear the prayer and save Gregg County Longview, Texas save your house save your family would you bring it to the altar will the staff assemble is that how they do here in the altar because i feel like we need some staff down here to receive these folks this morning as brother aaron comes we prepare for the invitation will you bow your heads Right now, why would you wait another Sunday, another week, another month? Why would you wait when this morning could be the morning that burdens would be lifted in your life, in your family? Is this where you're worshiping? This is where you need to be identified. You come to one of these staff members if you're here this morning and you come seeking the Lord he found you right here this morning you come and let one of these men or women pray with you up front but the rest of us when's the last time you've been to the altar before God and laid a heavy burden laid it out and prayed over You say, why do I have to come to the altar? Because God meets with his people down here in the altar. That's why Hezekiah went before the Holy of Holies. He prayed through the veil because he knew there was a God on the other side who would hear and answer his prayer. all powerful God, merciful God. Our God is right here waiting on you this morning. Would you stand? as we begin this invitation come on right now and take advantage of a new day, a new Sunday, a new year come before this altar take advantage of it as they sing with their heads bowed